0: Welcome to the UX Growth Podcast, your go-to source for expert insights and actual advice on all things UX design. If you're enjoying the show, I would love for you to subscribe and never miss an episode on your podcasting platform. And don't forget to sign up for our UX Growth Insider newsletter, where you will get exclusive access to even more resources, tips, and insights that help you take your UX design skills to the next level. Be sure to check out our website at the uxgrowth. Dot .com where you can find show notes and links to our social media channels. And last but not least, be sure to follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn for even more UX design goodness. All links are found in the show notes. Thanks for listening and let's grow together. Hi, this is the UX Grow podcast, the podcast that helps people learn and grow in the UX design industry. I'm your host, Nick Mann. I'm here with another guest of season two with Holly Reynolds, a product design manager, UX UI bootcamp instructor, and design mentor with over 12 years of industry experience. Thank you so much for being here, Holly.
1: Thank you so much, Nick, for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yes. Let's begin by telling us a bit about your background. How'd you get to the place you are today?
1: Uh, it is a long story. So I will try to keep it short. Um, <laughs> I started out as a front-end developer actually back in the early 2000s. So it's a little longer than 12 years um, in that regard, but I uh, started out as front-end development, like I said, actually working for CNN um, mm-hmm. and then moved into uh, more of a web designer role after a couple of years at a couple of different locations doing that type of work. Um, and the industry was still fairly new, like the UX industry, I would mm-hmm. even say it was very early stages at that time, as far as UX and software goes. Uh, so web designer back then um, and designers at that time were expected to also do coding. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kind of did both at that time. Um and those roles were all in-house for the most part. There was one brief stint at an agency, but for the most part, they were what I would refer to as in-house roles where I worked on a single large application that was web-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so did the web designer slash front-end developer thing for several years, mostly for an insurance agency at that time. Uh, and my first real UX role, I like to say, was about 10 years ago. Um, for a a little SaaS company and it was technically an interaction designer role that was the title Um, but there were only a couple of us on the team and we really did everything we did research we did a little bit of coding um, though I always tell people I've never had to really code for a design job but it's always been beneficial for me Mm -hmm. same with that particular role Um, So we did all of the research, we worked closely with product with our engineers, it was an agile environment. Um, And it was kind of the first time, you know, while there were similarities to what I did there versus the web design role, it was really kind of the first time that I had a chance to actually speak with customers, look at things like analytics to try to understand what our next best decision might need to be from a UX perspective. So it was really getting to to, to understand how to help make the product better through a data-driven technique, um, as opposed to what was really a bit more of just a visual design role, uh, which was kind of what web design was previously to that. And I also got to watch how the industry changed. Um, so I went from reporting to like a business analyst or working with project managers to working with product managers. And uh, mm-hmm. again, like I said, going from waterfall to agile um, and then really getting a chance to speak with customers and um, and create prototypes and test ideas and things like that. So that was really kind of my first role uh, as a UX designer. Um, spent a good few years there and then moved into a senior or, sorry, lead product designer role for an agency, which I was at for about a year. And that was really my first solid experience at an agency, aside from that short stint as a developer years prior. Um And it was so fascinating to see the differences with being a front end or uh, being a designer rather at um, sort of an in-house situation versus a designer in an agency where everything is new, uh, at least the role that I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got to do a lot of creating products from scratch rather than contributing to an existing product. And the experiences are very different. Uh, from there, went into a senior product designer role at an organization known as GitLab, which was fantastic. I was there for a few years, and now I am a product design manager over at Pendo.
0: Yeah, hey, congrats for going through this journey. For it all, it's always so fat, uh, fa- you know, fun and fascinating. How much the learning process is because it's also kind of similar to how I started because I came from a graphic design and then mm-hmm. I went to a web design. I wouldn't say I was. Never uh, a front-end dev, but there have been some times I had to because of these uh, these small agencies I worked with where we have to wear many hats. And yeah. it wasn't so much about, hey, we need, you know, it's a lot of times it's like, we need you to do something. It's not about where you can and can't do it. It's when can you get it done?
1: Yes, I have been there as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And that, that's kind of like how we go through the whole process of learning through, the, uh, through this environment and, through, you know, uh, the joy of learning through it all, just because it's not so much this, this our job that we're learning about. It's how we also learn from other people's jobs, too, as well as all the, like, the industry things, because like, all my, most of my experience comes from ind- uh, from agencies that mm-hmm. work with multiple industries Mm-hmm. And there's there's a lot of fast paced learning that you have to go through, and, and the process of that, all that. So that's why, that's where you know I just got in so much into loving and sharing wisdom. So that's why I'm here to share with all you listeners with Holly. So absolutely. So let's also learn a bit about um, what some of the skill sets you think uh, designers need to learn about to be successful in these UX roles these days.
1: Hmm. There are so many things. Um, I, I think that I usually break them into hard skills and soft skills. Uh, so soft skills I'll start with because to me, they sometimes are a little harder for some folks to develop, they may not really come naturally to some people. Uh, The first I would say is critical thinking, like Mm -hmm. just taking the time to really ask a lot of questions, which kind of aligns with one of my others, which would be being curious. Um, Ask a lot of questions. Don't assume that the people that are coming to you, your stakeholders, and and really even your users at times, don't assume that what they're telling you is uh, truly accurate. It could be biased. Mm -hmm. It could be opinion-based. Um, even with the best of intentions, sometimes we can Mm. unfortunately lead each other down the wrong path, which can be very costly to the business, to the user, to the team in multiple ways. Uh, so definitely critical thinking would be first along with being curious. Um, of course, empathy, we have to be able to empathize with others in this role. Um, and something I've learned over time is not just with the user, although we do hear a lot about empathizing with the user. We need to be able to empathize with our teammates, with our stakeholders. Um, I would say that one of the most valuable parts of my job in terms of, or one of the most valuable learnings, I should say, of my job over the years has been learning to empathize with my product manager, as well as Mm -hmm. my engineering leads in particular, and really being able to understand what challenges they have on a day-to-day so that we can start to align and work toward a a single goal. (laughs) That's one of the biggest challenges. (laughs) Did you have something to add? Uh, Yeah, I was
0: going to say, like, it feels like we are um, user, we're figuring out the research of user experience for even in our own role of how we communicate with others.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's something, you know, you mentioned uh, me being a bootcamp instructor and I am and have been now for a few years. I know they kind of get a bad rep sometimes, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: I am really passionate about this. I really invest in my students. Um, I hope that any of them would agree with that statement, but I, I try to go out of my way to help them to understand really what they're getting into that, you know, the boot camp is just meant to give them kind of a platform. But one of the challenges is this being able to communicate with your stakeholders and empathize with them that it's kind of hard to teach in the classroom environment, Um, So I try to just inject that wisdom whenever I get a chance and say, this is an opportunity where if you were Mm -hmm. working with a stakeholder, you might have to negotiate. Um, And negotiation, going back to your skills question, that's an unexpected skill I didn't know that I would need for design. You know, coming from web design and moving into UX, um, I kind of just assumed it would be a similar transition. I would learn some new skills, learn some new tools. Pick up research. You know, I I wasn't prepared for the amount of negotiation and and politicking, for lack of a better word, that goes into this job sometimes. Um, and so that's something else that I try to really help them understand. We all come to the table when it comes to building a product. Us being the designer, the researcher, even if you have a separate research team, product, other stakeholders, engineers. With needs and things that we want to accomplish to make this mm-hmm. product great, uh, and they don't always align. And then we oh, also, of yeah. course, the needs of the user. So being able to work through those complicated waters at times is is a a challenge that takes time and and really working on being a good communicator, which is yeah. another skill that I would touch on. Um, being flexible and being humble as well. Um, Something else that I try to really help my students understand, especially if you find yourself, you mentioned uh, agency work. Agency work is definitely a place where things move very fast in my experience, but there are in-house roles that are that way too. And sometimes you could spend a lot of time on something and then it could suddenly get squashed, you know, and you have to shift gears or you get Mm -hmm. feedback from the user and you have to pivot. Uh, So being flexible, and and recognizing that not everyone is going to love the ideas that we put out there um, but if we listen to what's being said and we put aside those feelings and just really think is there something that i can learn from this conversation with this person even if the feedback that i'm getting isn't maybe feedback that i love mm-hmm. is there's to it that i can take away from it and 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 help it to, uh, make my career stronger or make me a better designer. Um, those are very important skills, I think as well, being, being humble and and flexible, being a lifelong learner, uh, is also very, very important. You never stop learning in this industry. Um, hard skills. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say, obviously there are a lot of tools that, that are out there, but they change all the time. So you know, you might find yourself getting into like a Figma or, Miro or Mural or FigJam, you know, all of these different whiteboarding and prototyping products, but they kind of come and go. So just learn what is uh, currently the trend in terms of those those actual tools is is important. But then also, of course, uh, user research methodologies, being able to know what tool you need to pull from your toolkit when in a project Uh, Whether or not you need to do an empathy map or you need to do a journey map, you know, what sort of visualizations can you help to create to help teams that you work with solve problems, not only for the user, but also just for the product team. You know, there are times Mm -hmm. where we need to just get into alignment and being able to pull up a whiteboard and just sketch out an experience map can be really helpful just to get everybody on the same page. Um, Accessibility very, very important and something that I'm so happy to see is finally starting to be elevated in the industry. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's becoming the standard.
1: Yes, and it should be, right? It's Mm -hmm. it's definitely something that uh, I think we kind of left to the wayside for too long. Um, And then information architecture, obviously visual design best practices, though the amount of visual design knowledge, I think that is required is really going to depend on if you go somewhere that has a well-defined design system. If it does, then you're really going to be working a bit more on the problem-solving aspect, in my opinion, than on, you know, actual visual design, because you're kind of pulling things together that have already been well-defined and hopefully have guidance on when to and when not to use certain components. I know that was a long answer. I'd I'd love to hear (laughs) the other questions. Yeah,
0: well... Oh, well, to be well, to be fair, it's a big question. So it's it's only respectable <laughs> to have that same kind of enter, uh, same kind of answer, because there's there's it's definitely a big field. I, uh, I feel like I repeat myself a lot in these podcast episodes of the UX industry, because there's always so many different directions, and so many pro- different problems that need to be solved, as well as, you know, how technology is always improving how different People are using to solve problems. It's always just changing, you know. It's like, man, we're having now uh, AI going on. We like, there's Apple going into VR soon. You know, it's like these all these new technologies that are going to be pushing their way into our daily lives, whether we like her or not. And it's like, there's a lot of like adaptability that we have to get into and why, like we always do need to be learning and using these skill sets because what we're doing now is not probably not going to be the same. We'll be like in a year or five years from now. And hey, that's, oh, that's okay. But we have the basic skill set of what we have learned to be able to adapt to each situation. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it's a lot of problems to have when they are just, they feel like they're married to their tools or married to your research method, realizing that there can't be any improvement to it right. or, you know, there's no change into it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I, I really hate to be that person. I feel like that's like one of my personal, like goals in mine. It's like to never be like that, to always be improving, to always be changing because, that, that's where a lot of the, just the problems that people have in their careers, especially like in UX field is when they're, they're they feel stuck because of their, uh, they just don't want to adapt to new things and just feel like they're resenting it all. And like, I just don't like to be that person. Cause you know, yeah. like it feel, it feels like you're, you're hampering your own growth as a person.
1: I think you definitely do. I think that's such a great point because um, especially for those of us who have been in the industry for a mm-hmm. while, I think sometimes there is a bit of a, okay, I've done this for a while. Now I can just kind of like settle in and, and focus on some other things, but you you really can't, in my opinion, in the UX world, you have to constantly be learning and evolving and changing because technology and the market and the user and the products, your competitors, everything is always going to be changing and evolving. Um, So we have to be adaptive and, and, continue to just learn and push ourselves to grow. Um, but I think it helps if you really enjoy it, obviously. If you really oh, love yeah. that aspect, I love learning new things and it never gets old for me. So I, I still really enjoy that aspect of this role.
0: Yeah, especially when there's um, people who sign up to be UX designers maybe, maybe in it for the wrong reasons. I think that's also like, can be like a hindrance on their ability to adapt to new technologies and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, that's something else I try to encourage my students to think about, too, is um, the the challenges that will come with this role and the things that they may not necessarily enjoy about it, because I'd much rather them understand that now than spend time in, in a role that they just really don't love or they're not really committed to. Uh, so that's also part of you know what I think is important to yeah. as well as what I mentor to try to help folks understand
0: yeah especially because you know now all of our the work we do is really exciting and, yeah. and stuff like that like you know like accessibility like as uh, as important as it is, it can also be pretty tedious and boring a lot of times, especially like when we had to factor in things like keyboard binding and stuff like that. like sure, I'm not fascinated by it, but I understand the importance of it when it comes to the job, and that's why we do it, you know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times yeah. that like we, you know, we need to like maybe so, like swallow our pride or or whatever like expectations that we have, the realizing that like, our work is still meaningful even if it's not flashy in a kind of industry, you know.
1: It's true. I, I think that one of the biggest challenges right now with accessibility, at least from what I've seen, is for the designer at least, um, creating a design that is beautiful. And it feels like a great experience, but is also highly accessible because Mm -hmm. sometimes the decisions I found that we have to make to make it accessible, create something that may not be quite as visually pleasing as we might want, because we're trying to address all of these, um, you know, needs regarding colors and padding and various things that might need to be put into place to make it accessible. But I think that's a unique design challenge that, that, that we get to take on, you know, and it'll be mm-hmm. exciting to see what products look like when we have um, really started to dig deep into those problems and, and mm-hmm. come up with great solutions for them.
0: Yeah, especially like, and uh, it's also one thing I've always tried wonder is like, how to make it more fun? You know, like how, you know, how can we make our roles? Like, especially like, for example, you're, you're working with uh, like a, a finance client and like they're teaching people about budgeting, like budgeting at its core basis is very important to know, but it also could be pretty boring because a lot of it can be numbers. It can be based on the law of subjects of what they do and stuff like that. But like f- we figure out how can we make the process fun? And like a lot of times is how, why not turn it into a game? You know, Mm -hmm. like you do these things. Now you feel like you can reward yourself because you are making, you are making the right decisions for yourself. Now it feels like they're, you know, essentially like a video game now. Now it Mm -hmm. feels like you're more encouraging and you're stepping up the levels. Like there's a sense of progress being made, you know, like it it definitely doesn't feel like a chore. I think that's the problem is a lot of these boring things can feel like a chore to a lot of people, especially like with our tasks, you know, because no one wants to do chores, but (laughs) everyone loves to solve problems. You know,
1: it's true. And when we are trying to be ambassadors of best practices of user experience at our companies, Um, The more fun that we're having, the more fun that we can bring people into, I think the more that they're going to want to be involved in those activities and and hopefully more than anything, understand the value of taking the time to understand your user and really get crisp on what your problem is that you're trying to solve or the opportunity. Um, I just think about teachers in school, the ones that I felt like I learned the most from were the ones that were really passionate about what they were teaching. And I think if we can also have that mentality, then we can have better success in getting our stakeholders on board with certain ideas and um, opportunities at our companies.
0: Mm -hmm, Yeah, (laughs) nothing worse than a teacher that definitely is not passionate about their job, man. (laughs) I I definitely have my fair share of those teachers. And like, it's a nine day difference between like the learning environments and how much more more fun it can really be. It's always Mm -hmm. so fascinating to learn from the process of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I know we touched a bit about like the challenges people face in the UX field. So I'm I'm curious to know where where are some other ones that you think that your students are tr- like learning to adapt. D would say is the most challenging aspects.
1: Hmm. Um. When I think about students in particular, so mm. there are unique challenges that I believe people coming from boot camps and just yeah. like online classes might face. As opposed to someone someone coming from like a college background, um, so I'll try to just kind of cover what I think are commonalities between those concepts because uh, I think sometimes there are some unique challenges that are you know oh, yeah, specific very to those groups. Um, but I would say definitely one of the most important things that I try to encourage my students to think about is when they go to talk about their designs, don't just say what you did focus on why you did it and clarify why you did it. Because um, I think a challenge that they have when trying to present themselves as a more junior designer is that hiring managers, I I fully believe will hire someone who is a more junior if they feel like they are the right fit for the role. Maybe they just see something promising in that person or there's something about how they're asking questions or they know that they've got the basics in play. But I think more than anything, they don't want to have to take a lot of time to train someone because oftentimes we're all very busy. And I say that as a hiring manager myself, um, I'm usually very busy myself and don't have a lot of time to really train someone to get up to speed on UX. But I'm happy to mentor someone that goes into the role. Um, What I really need to see, though, is that they are really asking questions, that they are really striving to understand what the uh desired outcome is um what the business outcome is who the user is what the problem is that we're trying to solve they're asking those questions and um and that they're going to be proactive in getting answers that they don't necessarily need someone to kind of hold their hand through everything they need to mm-hmm. show that they can uh seek out answers to the challenges that they're dealing with and escalate when they realize that they have, you know, reached the end of their limit. However, I also at the same time encourage my students to balance asking questions and being proactive and solving problems with recognizing, all right, I've spent a good half hour on this problem. I'm going to go ahead and ask a question rather mm-hmm. than just waste a lot of time on it because that too can be a separate problem. Um, I want to be mindful of your question. Is that kind of what you're looking oh, for? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. I think I think that's very really fascinating because I actually never gone to a topic of boot camps versus traditional college before. So I think that's actually really fascinating because like I, I've never gone into a book a boot camp myself at all. So I so I feel like there's still quite a bit of things like I'm learning from like how they work and how like worse on the things that they do well with students and things things that are different. From like uh mm-hmm. you know the more traditional environments, so I think that's just so fascinating. to Learn from from myself, yeah. so like I'm I'm just so always so curious about that. So I, I was actually very happy for you to bring that up because that's uh that's an area that I'm I'm myself I'm learning from.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I obviously can only speak mostly for my bootcamp. I have looked a little bit into some of the other bootcamps out there, but the one that I teach is with Georgia tech. It's a partnership group, a company that partners with various universities. Um, And there are various types of bootcamps that have various timelines and costs and uh, core concepts that they're teaching. The one that we teach, I feel very passionate about because Mm -hmm. we spend two months on UX fundamentals. It's six months total, two X on UX fundamentals, two X on uh, two months rather on visual design and then two months on front end development. So they get to learn some HTML and CSS and JavaScript and not all of them do that. Um, but again, I am also personally very passionate about making sure that my students are as set up for success as they possibly can be, because mm-hmm. I know that there is, and sadly, from sometimes some really high uh, ranking, I guess, folks in the design industry, some, some very strong thought leaders in the industry who have uh, a lot of years of experience in this um, field that are very critical of boot camps. I saw a post just today on LinkedIn where people were being very critical of, um, you know, claiming that they're leading folks astray. So I try to be very honest with my students and let them know exactly what they're getting into and that they really need to show that they can ask the right questions. They can put in the hard work that they're dedicated to it. It's not just a job. It's something that they're truly passionate about trying to, create great products and make a difference um so that they know uh when they go in the what they're kind of up against it, it, it mm-hmm. is different I think than someone who comes from more of a higher ed background and I have students who come from that too um, mm-hmm. but I've had some students go from our boot camp straight into a senior UX position I'm not I'm honest I tell people that doesn't happen to everyone but mm-hmm. the ones that in life are the ones that put the most into it they're the ones that really push themselves and they ask a lot of questions and they take the extra time on the weekends to dig in and understand the concepts and the tools Um, and they all practice critical thinking to be honest they all uh, really seek to understand um, how each piece connects to create a larger picture and tell a story with the research and the work that they're doing. So, um, if you have any other questions about bootcamps, <laughs> I, go into it. I yeah. have a lot to say about it, but I yeah, know uh,
0: I, I, I appreciate it because of like, I, I'm always, I'm super open-minded. I always love the people who are able to take that initiative about how they are teaching other people and stuff like that. And I think there's a lot of interesting things like, or directions, I would say is how people want to go through the book camp and book camps. And because the UX field is so big and expanding, I think that's where a lot of the, the issues can arise from like directions that people think they should teach and how they should go through it and based on their previous experiences and I think that's where a lot of misconceptions happen I think that's where some things like the difference between like a good a teacher and a bad teacher just like there's a lot of these and students don't really wouldn't even necessarily know that until they have actually either gone through it or, or you know talked with other people about it so like I think there's also like a lot of like Pitfalls that people need to be careful about in this field, just because like also in fact, I'm like you know, like is everyone in it for the right reason too? So like that's why I feel always feel like, you know, that I, I get the caution people always have with boot camps. Mm-hmm. So I totally get where it comes from and why I think a lot of us needs to be more this be more vocal in our education about what we know and what we do things, and that's how we are able to grow as people and being able to be more mindful. And proactive about why we do what we do. So I think that's very important for the process of it all. So that's why I always come in with an open mind and to learn from others. You know, yeah. and that's and I think that's where a lot of the bases where they should be for when I see any kind of like LinkedIn post. I definitely no. There's definitely some people who have very hot takes about certain things, and I I know I know. And <laughs> I, I, think, yeah, I know I, I know I, I think I, I really think agree. it's valid. I think a lot of hot takes are valid, or at least I see sure. where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. because people yeah. because no no one chooses to be ignorant no one chooses to upset people I think that's one thing yeah. a lot of people need to remember on social media that every, <laughs> that it's easy to get caught up in emotions and then make judgment calls based on that so that's kind of uh, uh, that's that's just my overall view of how I see these hot takes on social media especially on Twitter I think Twitter is even more wilder <laughs> than LinkedIn but I feel I might yeah. di- I might be digressing here
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, more than anything, I just tell folks do your research. Just do your research. There are definitely good boot camps and probably not so great boot camps out there, yeah. but do your research. And I just don't want to completely discourage folks in particular who have gone through a boot camp program or who have just recently paid the check and they're looking at these articles and they're feeling discouraged. Um, there are definitely people out there that are willing to invest. Like I continue to invest in my students long after class ends. I continue to mentor them and help them just because um I have learned so much over the years through trial and error. And if I can help them save a little bit of time and a little bit of grief to be honest. And learn some of this from me, I, I would just love to help them get to that point. So not mm-hmm. everybody may be that way, but um, but there, you know, there are teachers out there that genuinely do care.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm just curious for the students who are struggling, we either with understanding the concept of UX designer or getting through the interview process or even just figuring out what it is that they want to do for their portfolio. I think there's a lot of like uh, like a lot of reasons that people can be struggling and not getting to where they want to be as a UX designer. And I'm just curious to know, where, what would you say to them to be able to inspire them or help them be able to break through that kind of that uh, that sense of dread that they are feeling like maybe maybe they aren't good enough for this?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. You know, I I think about the ones who I have worked with over the years who have been in that very position, and and there are some similarities and some differences, again, between Mm. those folks. Um, Some of them, to be honest, deep down, I think just wanted to get into UX for some reason other than... uh, let me rephrase it. Maybe it's more that UX turned out to be not what they thought it would be. Mm. You know they they kind of felt like they paid the money. they committed to a boot camp or to get into this industry. And then when they got into it, they realized that, you know, maybe it wasn't quite as uh, heavy on visual design, for example, as as more mm. problem solving or there were a lot of public speaking and presentations involved, and that's just not something they're comfortable with. Um, so it kind of depends on what the individual struggle a little bit is. And I would say that would be the first place I would recommend them start is really think about what it is that you, you find interesting about this role and what really draws you to it. Um, because it's not always easy. I mean, there are definitely days that are very stressful in this industry and, um, and sometimes you're you're just kind of doing the best you can to to try mm-hmm. to get something out into the hands of the user that is at the very least valuable and uh and useful and usable. Um, but you know it's not going to be as great as it could be. And there's a lot of having to deal with that too. So, Um, I would say first really understand what it is you're trying to accomplish by moving into this and what your challenges really are and be honest with yourself about those challenges, Mm um, also seek a mentor, seek Mm -hmm. someone who can talk with you and listen to you and give you advice, um, and, and help you understand maybe what your strengths are. Because I tell Mm -hmm. my students that I fully believe every single person, in my class has something unique to bring to the table that will benefit a team. Everybody does, whether it be someone who's just naturally positive and encouraging or someone who has strong analytical skills or systems thinking skills or visual design, everybody has something. So Mm -hmm. helping someone or getting in touch with someone who can help you understand those strengths, especially if they don't really readily come available to you Um, I think will help you to kind of know where you can start to pour time and energy into to kind of furthering develop that skill set and let that be. You may have heard the question in design interviews of what's your design superpower. I think we kind of lean into those superpowers and that can help us to to get that job. Um, And then also understanding the areas that maybe you do need to grow a little bit more and and why you might be struggling a little bit with them. Um, Some people just don't like Figma. (laughs) And they will just, at least in my classes, I've seen some people say, I just really struggle with Figma. Um, But I found that once they kind of break through some of the challenges, then it becomes easier. So learning your tools, because your tools are really just what help you to accomplish the thing, whatever the thing is, um, Mm -hmm. and stay on top of them. Um, ask a lot of questions would be the other thing. Ask a lot of questions and network. I I cannot (laughs) enough, the value of networking and connecting with others. Um, if there is a job that you really want attempt to connect with folks that work at that company and just, you know, see if you could buy them a cup of coffee and just have a chat with them about what it's like to work there. Go to meetups, go to conferences, connect with other people because you never know how those networking opportunities can um, build a connection for a future role or just give you an opportunity to learn something new or help someone else grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say those are probably the top things that come to mind with helping folks kind of break into the industry,
0: yeah, I know, I know I. I agree because when I first started, like I wanted to get into tech, I felt like it was so daunting just because yeah. competition is fierce. And it feels, it feels even right now, it feels like it's the highest it's ever been right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of very, very strong, talented folks out there right now with all of the uh, very unfortunate layoffs that we've had in the industry. There are just a lot of folks out there that are very capable And so the competition is is pretty high for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. It feels like learning is more important than ever because of all that for the process of like, how can we improve now? Because everyone else is. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I know. So as we're drawing close to this episode, what's the best way to uh, support everything that you are doing, Holly?
1: Um, the best way to support, uh, you know, honestly, for me, I just need to find some time for myself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, I love teaching and I, I work full time of course, as well. Um, so I would say just, you know, I, I love mentoring folks. I don't have a lot of time with it right now until June, but, um, if, if folks are looking for a mentor, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, I love connecting with folks. I love answering questions. I love giving feedback, especially to folks that are just starting in the industry on portfolios and how to help them grow. Uh, it is such a reward for me to see other people really, um, you know, get to that next level with their careers with design. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably for now that that's probably about it for me, just because I, I am so busy these days with just yeah. teaching and and working full time. Who knows what's after that,
0: though? Yeah, I know. It's it's always good to keep your options open as well. So. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll, uh, yeah. And Holly's LinkedIn link will be found in the show notes. So you can easily uh, follow her and be able to ask any kind of questions and maybe any opportunities that uh, arise in the future. Yeah. All so, right. uh, anyway, Holly, uh, any closing words you'd like our audience to know about?
1: Um, just, uh, yeah, get a mentor, hang in there, continue to, uh, just push and learn new things. And, uh, if you really love UX, I really believe that the job is out there. You just have to keep fighting the good fight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I would say is always show up to it. Do your best to show up for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to put it.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, My, my coach uses the phrase show up power, powerfully. Mm, I I really, I really love that. It always, it always makes sense because half the battle already is showing up. So it kind of just makes sense for it all. For sure. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much, Holly, for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Nick. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Yes. Please do support our guests. And until then, you just listen to UX Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Mann. Thank you for listening.